Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film When Harry Met Sally. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen the film, just be aware that it will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. Guess who just got back today? The podcast boys that have been away. Something, something, <laughs> Thin Lizzy. The boys want a podcast, you better let them. The boys are back in town. Big boys are back in town. Big boys are back in town. Mate, I've missed you. <laughs> I've missed this so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's been forever. It's been it a very, very long time. I think, well, it's two weeks between episodes, isn't it? Yeah, it's been it's been two weeks, hasn't it? And, and I, di- it feels, I didn't even longer. come up with any kind of offcuts to give to people, like him, yeah. um, like last time I disappeared. You know, we're we're we're, we're keeping him guessing, keeping it, yeah, doing. keeping it fresh. Yeah, exactly. So, how are I you? I hate the phrase. Well, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm awake, and that is a victory <laughs> <laughs> because there is a small human. That has appeared in my house. The very, the very small human that looks a bit like me. When he he has no concept of night and day, so you know you you got to sleep when he sleeps. Um, the, <laughs> if you didn't know the context of this situation, <laughs> you feel like it's some kind of um sort of like a multimedia horror story that's suddenly being yeah. told. <laughs> the homunculus of yeah. <laughs> Little homunculus, don't cry. <laughs> uh, so, how are you, how are you finding life as a um, as a father? Yeah, it's good. It's actually really good. He's two weeks old today, um, and yes, yeah, since we got him home two days after the birth, which was by C section, but it went really well, and the hospital were absolutely amazing. So, you know, shout out to the midwives and the surgeons and all the health workers who delivered my baby. And, you know, just do really amazing work every single day, day in, day out. And people don't know, really. I think until you experience it, you don't appreciate fully just how amazing the work that they do is and how underpaid they are. And, you know, obviously how wonderful and amazing the NHS is. Because, you know, not only do, you know, you have the baby in the hospital and they take amazing care of you. You know, people keep people come to your house and visit you after the birth. Check that everything's all right. You know, I didn't know that. But every amazing. couple of days, they're popping around. How's the baby? How's it? How's he doing? And you know, weighing him and stuff. So it's good. And he's putting on weight, which is good. So he takes after me. <laughs> uh, well, it's good to know that it's all going well. I hope one day we can hand over the reins of this podcast or have a sister podcast, um, which is Little Boys Don't Cry, where um, uh... Where where it is is your 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 fine child. I don't know whether you're comfortable sharing the name of your child <laughs> on the internet, so I will just refer to him as your fine child. And his whatever name, his name is, Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer. Um, yep. So we'll have Danny Dyer and whatever fine cats <laughs> I have at that moment in life, and they can have a podcast together. Yeah, and he'll but, just he'll just hold the mic out to the cats, and they'll scratch at it and run away. Yeah, exactly. And it'll be great listening. Absolutely great listening. 
Or maybe it could be one of those things like a podcast that's actually aimed at cats that has like cat noises and weird sounds that people don't understand, but that like make cats go nuts. Um, like, if you remember, I think it, was, it must have been 10, 15 years ago now. Um, I think it was either Whiskers did it for cats or Pedigree Chum did it for dogs, where they had adverts on the TV that were actually like aimed at cats and dogs and not at people. So it was playing all these sounds and images that are supposed to like make cats and dogs go nuts and then they'll associate that with the happy feeling of Pedigree Chum or whatever. And they were like weird sensory things. Oh, right. Okay. You have any recollection of this? I I have no recollection of this whatsoever. Um, Maybe I just completely made it up because, you know, over the last couple of weeks, as I've been sleeping irregularly, I've found that the distinguishing real life from dreams has become something of a difficulty. (laughs) So who knows? I think this is true. I'll take your word for it. The only thing that springs to mind that was similar to that is I remember when we were very young and furbies were all the rage oh my god um do you remember furbies yeah i'm pretty sure i had a furby um because i remember they had a they had a because obviously furbies could communicate with one another which was great um, yeah all well and good but um cutting edge at the time at the time very cutting edge and so what one i think it must have been like this morning or some inane show like that I actually happened to watch this morning, this morning, because, you know, when you're on paternity leave, that's what you do. You flick on the television and whatever's on. You're like, yeah, yeah, fine. We're awake. It's cool. Um, It was the worst. It was awful. It was all just like, (laughs) it was like all the sensationalist headlines of the tabloids of the last 10 years all rolled into one, rolled into one, or one child died of, of like because of pollen and therefore pollen is a huge risk to asthmatics and there's all this kind of scaremongering nonsense and then suddenly bill nye was there smiling <laughs> he's like yes i enjoy it when children die of pollen. <laughs> 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 um but, and, and and so yeah one of these one of these shows like it must have been this morning or whatever the bbc equivalent was or something like that they they got two furbies on the telephone line to one another so they had like this connect call with furbies thinking oh maybe they can communicate via telephone turns out they can't and the frequencies make them go mad and so these two <laughs> furbies basically had their brains blown out by the frequencies of talking to each other over the telephone which was hilarious um which yeah i i, I have a distinct memory of that and thinking oh this is weird furbies aren't all furbies are a bit creepy now aren't they not that they weren't creepy already weird little bird mice things i'm sure that there are some people who think that like it's they're fr- d- d- genuinely from another planet, you know, the sort of flat earther types. Yeah, I think so. When um, I say when I say pl- planet, obviously they mean disc. Yes, another disc, floating space tortoise discus. Because <laughs> that's what it all is. It all comes down to the the floating tortoise. Yeah, it's Furbies all the way down. Yeah, <laughs> we're through the looking glass, people. <laughs> how are you? I haven't asked how you are. I'm all right. Yes, I'm fine. I have missed our our lovely chats. Me too. This is I don't. You have to tell me if I'm becoming like a selfish parent who just talks about themselves and their their child all the time. I'm looking forward to the part of parenthood where you have your push chair in the supermarket and you have it sort of diagonally across the aisle so that nobody can walk <laughs> past. And then when someone tries to go past, you shoot them a very stern look and tut. That that that's the yeah. level of parenting that I'm 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 most looking forward to. How dare you walk past my child? <laughs> How old, dare you, old old person who's inexplicably in the supermarket when 
you know, at a time when other people need to be in there when you're retired and you could literally go any time. <laughs> how, how dare you be in the vicinity of my child also shopping for kidney beans? You pervert. <laughs> Get away from my child. Step away from the kidney beans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. We've taken him out in the pram a couple of times, not to the supermarket, but just to walk out in the fresh air. Didn't mind it. Excellent. Excellent. He was a bit perturbed by the wind, but we'll get there. You see, that's just as in a baseball player coming out, Paddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, know, like, he knows. Oh, no, this is not good weather for the baseball. He's got a good sense of how the wind will affect the spin. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So have you have you been watching more films? So this is the thing. Um, I'm never going to go to the cinema again now, so you have to go and see films for me. See, I I haven't been to see anything since whatever it was that I saw last, uh, which was something. What did I see? <laughs> there was a there was a good movie that finally came to the cinema near me that I enjoyed, but I can't remember what it was. For the life All right, that's now. it. Podcast over. There was oh, a good it was movie. us. It was us. Ah, uh, yes, us. So we was did great. talk about that. Yep, I really enjoyed it. Um, I've not been since then. Um, but yes, you will, you will be solely watching the Emoji Movie. Oh, that's, Jesus Christ. That's your future, Paddy. No, I really hope that by the time he's old enough to want to, to, re- to put in requests for films, that the Emoji Movie will be, you know, long, long forgotten. Although I think it probably already has, to be fair. It, it has but, already been forgotten. But it did yeah. make money, so it might be Emoji Movie 5. Oh, Revenge, Revenge of mm-hmm. the Poo. <laughs> Revenge <laughs> of the Emoji. Aubergine. <laughs> um yeah so heads up watch out for that buddy. yeah no it's cool we've got disney life it's great it's got um oh excellent it's got loads of good stuff for kids it's got baby einstein which is hilarious it's like you're not when he's like now he's too young for it but when he gets a couple of months old you're supposed to show it to them and it's really weird and trippy it's like sort of bing bong plinky plonky music and like just pictures of hamsters running endlessly in wheels and stuff it's absolutely mad <laughs> And I don't know if it's scientifically proven to help development, but it can't hurt, right? But it, it certainly is enjoyable <laughs> to have one in the background. Yeah. I give him like a, a huge, like lifelong, terif- terrifying fear of hamsters. <laughs> but it's fine. It won't come up much. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, dear. So, yeah, I, no, was, I, have um, not... I was hoping you might have been to see Detective Pikachu because I really want to see it. Yeah, I haven't been to see it yet. I might, I might be going to see it. We'll see. I've heard um, rumblings of good things about it. Yeah, I have heard good things about it. Um, <laughs> unlike, have you seen the trailers to Sonic the Hedgehog? No, I actually the... have not. All I have seen is a picture of Jim Carrey with like a mustache, supposedly being Doctor Robotnik, and he's like not even fat. And in a way, I kind of love that, and I also kind of hate it. I'm primarily in the hate camp. But I do. You're not. Love... You're not down with sexy Robotnik. I'm not down with sexy Robotnik. Um, but Se- I am... sexy Eggman. What I am down with is terrifying anthropomorphic CGI Sonic the Hedgehog. So I highly recommend you watch the trailer. It got such a bad reaction that the creators of the film said they're going to go back and change the design of Sonic with mere months until the movie comes out. Oh no. Um, which I feel very bad for the artists who are behind it because they are going to be working horrible hours now to try and sort that out. Um, but watch the trailer because it is a terrifying Sonic the Hedgehog monster. Oh, It's incredible. Okay. It has human teeth. Uh, genuine That's... human teeth. 
that sounds like nightmare fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is. It is amazing. Um, so I might go and watch that out of sheer curiosity of how bad it is. Um, but Detective oh. Pikachu does look does look rather good. Yeah, I think it looks great. Oh my god, though Ben Schwartz is voicing Sonic. Like, how could you not love it? He's one of my favorite <laughs> people in the entire world. I love him so much. Um, I, it remains to be seen whether he is able to pull out the old uh, Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> from the. <laughs> okay, from the I, I'm, I'm looking at a picture of it with human teeth. It's it's really nightmarish. Yeah, it, it is. It is not so good. Not so good. But genuinely, it's it's a really hard one to do. It should well, really, it should not have been done in the first place, should it? <laughs> no, it shouldn't. I think that's that's <laughs> the weird that's the weird thing is why why does it exist in the first place? Who thought this was a good idea? Um, because it's not, <laughs> and it never was. Um, Sonic works great as like a cartoon character. Why would you set him in the real world with real people? Yeah. Um, very strange decisions being made there was tails in it uh from the looks of it it's just sonic i don't know whether they're going to be setting up a sonic cinematic universe where they introduce tails and knuckles and amy rose because i was always a big tails guy as you know yes yeah tails was better than sonic for, yeah. for me for me it went knuckles tails sonic in terms of the characters that i i, I, I must say i would i would have had you down as a knuckles guy yeah, he's got the whole floating, he's got the whole climbing up walls, he's got the cool dreadlocks. He introduced children in the 90s to what an echidna was, because otherwise we'd never have known. Exactly. They exactly. don't teach that in your primary school. No, precisely. So, yeah, I've got a lot of time for old Knuckles. Um, you know what else I've got a lot of time for? Um, Nora Ephron. <laughs> yeah, when Harry he met Sally. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, yeah, I watched this actually a couple of weeks ago on the night before my son was born because Claire was in the hospital, but they um they send you home. So like you, even if you're the partner, you can't stay on the ward after 10 p.m. And to be fair, there's nowhere for you to sleep. So I might as well have just, you know, gone home. And I did. So I went home, ordered a pizza and watched When Harry Met Sally. And it was um it was good. It was actually a nice sort of tonic for that strange moment while I was waiting for my son to be born. <laughs> Oh, well, it's good that it sort of, it has that place and it yeah. worked well in that situation for you. I also, yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since I watched it. Um, yeah, so I apologize that... if I've forgotten anything because when, um, you know, when you have a child that just pushes everything else out of your brain. So I, I think I can remember who Harry is, but I'm less clear on Sally. So you might have to help me out. Well, Harry, Harrison Ford. Yep, that's um, right. Meets... Oh, no, I, I thought it was Prince Harry. Prince Harry, played yeah. by Harrison Ford. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, meet Sally Hawkins. Yeah, um, her, her from The Shape of Water. From The Shape of Water, but the um, fish, the fishman's not in it. The fishman is not in it. Um, he has been replaced by Prince Harry. That's probably um, a good thing. I love the fishman. Don't get me wrong. He's a very tender guy, but he's not to everyone's taste. You know exactly, exactly. Um, and and yeah, the so so Sally Hawkins and Prince Harry, played by Harrison Ford. They they meet, and they fall in love, but not at first. Oh, not at, at first. first. They at first they hate each other, kind of, and then they maintain not liking each other. It and takes then they a little friends, bit of time, and then they fall in love. 
and, and that, then the movie ends. Spoiler. That's alert. right. I re- I remember. I remember now. Oh, you spoiled it for me. The movie ends. <laughs> How could you tell me that? I can't believe you said that. Don't don't tell me the movie ends. Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All all movies are the never ending story. <laughs> That's what I was hoping. But you know, you know what? You know what's the most crushing thing in the world? Even the never ending story ends. It is there is no God. You know something that lots of people hope is going to end? Um, Sonic the Hedgehog's reign of terror over... <laughs> over Eggman. <laughs> over Eggman. Um, no, Game of Thrones. Brexit. You, know how, I, you oh. know how I predicted a few weeks ago that everyone was going to hate Game of Thrones because it couldn't provide the perfect ending that everybody wanted? Yeah. Guess what's happening? It's Everyone's, ending. Everyone hates Game of Thrones and just wants it to be over. <laughs> um, I'm I'm very very happy that I am completely ignoring the general consensus of what's going on in Game of Thrones because it's just a bunch of nitpicking bellends going. Oh, that's too fast. Oh, why is there not two hours spent in a brothel talking about nonsense? Oh. Meh, meh. Meh. The character <laughs> who was blatantly going to turn evil turned evil, and now I'm sad. Meh. Meh. That's um, you, Game of Thrones fans. Whereas Arr. I'm just, I'm just loving it. It's full on fantasy nonsense, and it's brilliant. <laughs> exactly, um, it's, it's I, nonsense. Just enjoy it. It's what I've wanted from Game of Thrones from the word go. Um, and the the issues with it are, it does feel very fast paced. They have kind of rushed it the last couple of series because they basically tried to cram what would have been another two books into two series right which is not george rr R. martin's forte he likes dragging things out a lot he likes dragging things out a lot <laughs> he does Whoop. he's more of a wyvern man you know um <laughs> wyvern but, yeah. man take me by the head <laughs> Do you, do you know the song that I'm singing? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Ocean Man by Ween. Yeah. <laughs> Ween, what a fantastic band. Have you ever, have you listened to much of their stuff? I haven't listened to much. It's pretty much just that song. You should take a take a, a trawl through their back catalogue sometime. Um they've they're they've oh, I they're just indescribably good but also indescribably weird and it's like a lot of their albums some of them are just like they just jam it out and play weird songs and then other ones they're like let's make a country album for no reason or like let's make it like a kind of a jazzy album for no reason and they're just brilliant oh excellent yeah i've always been slightly put off by the fact that they're a band called ween yeah it's um. an awful name <laughs> <laughs> um. but it suits their their odd sound but yes, then that song yeah. was used as the theme tune for SpongeBob SquarePants, which is just brilliant. Ah, <laughs> oh, Spongebag. Yeah. SpongeBob. Spongebag. Um but yeah, so Ga- Game of Thrones is is I, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the show a lot. I'm also thoroughly enjoying the fallout and how everyone's really angry. Um, because I'm just reveling in people crying and having a little <laughs> ambulance moment. <laughs> as you know I love to do. Yeah. Um, does someone no, need a ambulance? No, the character who is self-serving and only appeared to be benevolent because it was in their best interests has turned out to be evil. That's not a shock. That's been set up from pretty much the first series of the show, lads. Just because you like the character doesn't mean that their inevitable turn to evil wasn't going to happen. I'm sorry. Oh, also, dear. if you're one of the idiots who named their kid after them, sucks. Lol. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Pe- loving people it. People do that, don't they? 
They do, they do. There's been a lot of a lot of people named after Game of Thrones characters. I mean, obviously, my son's called Danny Dyer, but yeah. <laughs> obviously, yeah. There, there's a lot of as there's, there's a lot of Daenerys slash Khaleesi. Um, I'm sure there's a fair few John after Jon Snow, which is you know, oh you can yeah, get away that's with all that. right. Yeah. Um, probably a few Arias or Sansas out there, which again you can kind of get away with an Arya or Sansa. It sounds like it isn't named after a character from a fantasy show. You can get away with John because babies know nothing. <laughs> well, exactly. You can just go, you know nothing, John. See, I just, made a, I just made a Game of Thrones joke and I've never even seen a single minute of Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's popular culture. That is. Um, you're missing out on lots of stuff blowing up, Paddy. This Although series... maybe I, I have because, okay, so you know you know the recent series of Queer Eye? Yes. Have you Have you watched any of it? No, I have not watched any of the new Queer Eye. Actually. It is very good. I highly recommend it. It's re- it's really gentle, really nice, and super uplifting. But one one of the Fab Five, as they call them, is Jonathan Van Ness. Is a guy that I like very much. You might be aware of him. He's he's flamboyant and wonderful, and his specialty is grooming. So anyway, on his Instagram um, at JVN, you should follow him. He um, he does this thing for every episode called Gay of Thrones, where he um, watches the latest episode whilst cutting someone's hair and then commentates on it. And it's all really, really funny stuff like, oh, these dragons are angry because they're doing a ketogenic diet or whatever. And it's very funny. <laughs> so now that that's all I can think of when I think about Game of Thrones. I mean, there's been some good dragon action this series. Yeah. Lots and lots of stuff getting set on fire by dragons. Lots of people being set on fire by dragons, which, as you know... I love a good person on fire in a movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and that All the better if they go, Yeah, if they're going, ah, I'm on fire. Curse you, dragon. That's the best kind of man on fire. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. So I've been fully on board of this nonsense series of Game of Thrones. It might be the one that I've enjoyed the most from a sheer spectacle standpoint. So there's one episode to go. Can they land it? in a way that annoys everybody else on the internet, but that I find satisfying? That's going to be the question. <laughs> it's all about you. Yeah. If if I enjoy it, it's a success, even if everybody else on the planet hates it. Yeah. Um, even you're, if all you're of the, the most important voice in I, television criticism. I am the most important voice. Important? <laughs> I've suddenly... It, suddenly important. Gone, uh... I'm the most important voice. <laughs> You suddenly become um, Billy Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, shall we bring this back round? I realise that we've been talking for a very long time. Yeah, about without when, talking when about when Daenerys Prince met Jon Snow. Yeah. yeah. When, uh, do, do you know the spoiler? Can we spoil Game of Thrones on here? Spoiler alert for Game of Thrones. Skip the next, what, minute? I don't know. Yeah, so you know that they kind of fall in love, but then it turns out that actually... Um, He's not the bastard child of Sean Bean, but actually he is another Targaryen child. And it means that Daenerys Targaryen is his aunt. <laughs> and, and Oh, is, is there an incest plot? There, there's a lot of incest plots in Game of Thrones, but this is an accidental oh, incest for plot. For God's sake. <laughs> well, it, it is based on, um, on didn't, medieval didn't we do history. Didn't we do a gig with, them, with those guys once? A lot of... Accidental incest plot. <laughs> accidental incest plot didn't they come just below us in a battle of the bands <laughs> they did yeah they, they covered the blink 182 songs didn't they <laughs> yeah um, especially that one where they just say swear words where they just say swear words yeah um yeah so so there's a lot of incest in game of thrones but yeah this is accidental incest 
um where they didn't realize but then he real they realize and then he's like wait that's a bad idea i love you but you know you are my aunt and she's all like no it's fine come on let's go have sex um and he refuses her and then she's angry about it because she wants to have sex with her nephew i guess <laughs> that's a thing why not why not you know in for a penny in for a pound um <laughs> that's the old targaryen family motto that's what they say um so yeah i'm loving it it's really dumb but in a clever way and it's full of excitement and silliness and it's what i wanted game of thrones to be from the word go so yes game of thrones keep it up give me the good last episode and anger everybody else um you know what didn't make me angry though what when Harry Met Sally didn't make me angry. No, it I didn't make it. me angry it either. It made it made me feel good. It made me feel nice inside. Yeah, it was good. And the thing is, when you rewatch a film like this, there are things that you've forgotten, but things that surprise you in the most pleasant and wonderful way, aren't there? Yes, yeah. And uh, to be fair, I hadn't seen this movie in at least a decade. Yeah. So I didn't really remember that much of it outside of like the main scenes where like the bit where they're buying the gift and they do the little karaoke or the infamous I'll have what she's having scene um, and, you know, oh, yeah. bits and pieces like that. Everyone um, remembers that. Yes. Um, so, like, it was it, it was interesting to go back and watch it and see all of these things that I'd kind of forgotten about. I totally forgot that Carrie Fisher was in this movie. Yes, as did I. I completely forgot about that because in my head, the only the only movie that I remember Carrie Fisher from, apart from Star Wars, obviously, is Blues um, Brothers. Is Blues Brothers, yeah. Um, but she is in. Uh, she's got a gun. She, she does have a gun. <laughs> um, yeah, and so so it was great to see her in this. It was. She was very very funny, and as the friend, where the, you know the, the gag is always that she's she's sleeping with a man who's never going to leave his wife, and they always bring it up, and it's kind of like it's a bit tedious, but it's tedious enough that it's funny because you know that it's tedious to them, not to you. It's like, well, I've had to hear this four four times, but how many times have they had to hear it? The characters. And there's little things like that that make it. It's all about good characterization. It's just little things like that that make it. Yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? That it's it it's one of the big successes of this movie is making you feel like you are living in the same world as the characters, um, where where you kind of get to understand their relationships on a way beyond just seeing what's on the screen, which which I think is a really you know that's a really fantastic thing that this film does. Yeah, for sure, and yeah, it's and it's very good dialogue as well. That's the other thing, and they they say they come out with things where you're like, no one would say that in real life, but then you're like, actually, maybe some people you know would. Where it's like, um, they're, they're even there in the car at the beginning, and he's like, basically, I'm a happy person, and you're like, no one would say that. But it's like maybe you're on a long car journey, you're gonna have like a philosophical conversation, and then argue about classic films. Then yeah, you will. And then he's gonna be like, no, you did not have great sex with Sheldon, which is way before the Big Bang Theory existed. <laughs> long before the only other person with the name Sheldon existed. Yeah, well, well Sheldon and uh, young Sheldon. Which I'm, which is a show I've not seen, but I'm sure is devastatingly hilarious. I bet it's the because because he's like the Big Bang Theory guy, but he's a, he's a child, so like it's even funnier when he makes jokes like where he's like, "Oh, pass the sodium chloride." <laughs> oh mate, I, I, have we talked about how much I hate the Big Bang Theory? 
it's it's awful, isn't it? I it's really... one of the worst worst shows on television. I, I really hate it. I really hate and it. And I so much. I feel bad for the main guy. What's his name? Jim Jim something. The the guy who plays Sheldon because he seems like a really lovely, awesome guy, and I think he's also not a bad actor as well because he was in the Muppet movie. Yes, yeah. Um, that that's a thing. I hold nothing against anybody involved in it. It's a pleasant enough show. But I, oh, it's just so unfunny, and I hate them all so much. Yeah, and but yeah, they all seem like you know good enough people. I I wish them every success. Apart from I just don't like the show they're in. Um, it's it's one of those few shows where if it's on, I will actively turn over to something else, and that and that's yeah. not something that I do very often. And it's always on. You can always find it. You flick through the channels day or night. You can find it somewhere. Yeah, that's the thing. It is. It is always on television. Even even if you have the TV turned off. Even if you go out into the middle of, <laughs> you you turn your TV off. You unplug it. You walk a mile into the forest, and then you'll just hear that. It's a big bang music from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, guy suddenly jump, jumps out from behind a, a tree wearing one of those red T-shirts that says Bazinga yep. on it, and and they go ha, science. Isn't science hilarious? <laughs> oh, lol, particles and stuff. <laughs> Nuclear fission. Wop wop. I'm feeling down. I better go nuclear fission for some compliments. <laughs> that's that's a funnier line than anything that's ever been on the Big Bang Theory. Do not at me. I just stubbed my plutonium. You're good at this. You should be running for that show. I'm now annoyed that they cancelled that show before they could get you in the writer's room. Because this is gold. I was going to go swimming, but then I remembered I hated the cesium. (laughs) What the hell is cesium? (laughs) It's another element. Is it? Yeah. I'm not so good with my elements. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry I had beans for dinner. It means I'm going to be releasing lots of unknowable gases tonight <laughs> see you combine the fart joke with the with the science pun it's that and that's the cross section where the big that's, bang works. really reaches new heights <laughs> yeah, that was the thing actually in science class um in school i never we always used to laugh when they were called noble gases so i was like noble gas i don't know why <laughs> Uh, I didn't. I didn't do that great at science in school. Science, more like no. science, because science doesn't exist. Yeah, not real. It's conspiracy. It's all fake. It is. You can't prove. You it. want us to believe in gravity? You want us to believe the Earth is round? <laughs> conspiracy, mate. Yeah. If there's gravity, then how do planes stay up? Exactly. Exactly. If there, <laughs> if there's elements, how come I'm not made out of iron? Yeah. How come I'm not made out of tin? Yeah. Or explain the tin man in The Wizard of Oz, yeah? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's a goddamn outrage. That's what it is. He can talk and he hasn't got a brain. Yeah. You know, all this brain stuff, overrated. Nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, Big Bang Theory is bad when Harry Met Sally is good. Yeah. Because it treats its characters like real people. Not people who are there to deliver jokes, but people who are funny a lot of the time. But it's not laugh out loud funny. It's actually more of a kind of touching portrait of people 
but because it is good at finding the things about people that are funny and intricate about the way that people interact, it is funny and it is a comedy. Yeah, that's the thing. It is a very humorous movie. It it just it it doesn't frame itself around the kind of punchline humor that you often get from a movie of this sort. Instead, it's more like a uh, a slice of life. You you get deposited into these different moments, and you get to witness what's going on, and that's where the humor comes from. Yeah, it's it's low key funny, and there are lines that jump out at you, like they go to um. He's at the football game with his buddy and he's talking about how his wife is leaving him. Um, and he's talking about, oh, yeah, you know, these are these are all just symptoms of an underlying problem with your relationship. And he's like, yeah, well, that symptom is fucking my wife. And it's <laughs> it's a very um, it's a very well-timed, well, a well-timed fuck, as we've discussed before, is one of our top 10 cinematic devices. Yes, precisely. So, yeah, it it, it works so well. It's really, and I, I apologize to Billy Crystal for doing my Billy Crystal voice. He doesn't sound like that really, <laughs> but it's it's somewhere between the Kermit voice that I've been practicing, because we've, me and um, me and my son have been um, listening to Kermit singing the Rainbow Connection, uh, which is the okay. song I used to sing to him when he was in the womb. But I've been trying to do it in a Kermit voice for him. I think he just prefers my normal your, your, voice. But... Your best Jordan Peterson voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Women aren't people. <laughs> That isn't what I imply. I'm a disgrace to Canada. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. I, speaking of Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, great in this, yeah. aren't they? I like I like Billy Crystal a lot. I've got a lot of time for Billy Crystal. He's got a very very interesting career. Seems like a really nice dude, and he made he directed um, a very good baseball film called Sixty One. I don't know if I've spoken about it before. Um, very very underrated and underappreciated film about the 60, what, 1961 season. Um, when Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris, the Yankees, were chasing the record of 61 home runs set by Babe Ruth. Um, and it's a really amazing film, and he's a big baseball guy, which kind of... And again, in the film, in When Harry Met Sally, they allowed, I think, bits of their own personalities to come into it. Like, uh, there's some bits where he's like he's, there, where he's in a batting cage, and at, at first, um, the first thing, when she's driving him to New York and they don't know each other, he's just got, like, one kind of sling bag over his shoulder and a baseball bat. And he's in a hoodie and you're like, he's kind of a scrub, but he's also Billy Crystal. And he's also like clearly 40 years old with gray hair playing a college student, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the sort of, um, I, I really love the sort of early scenes where you're supposed to think that he is incredibly young and you're like, nah, mate, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Not um, happening. Not happening. And I think the, the performances kind of pull it off but not quite. And it's the kind of thing where in modern day they probably de-aged them through CGI. But I, I kind of love it that they don't. But, you know, it's just kind of... They just chuck a chuck a t-shirt on it that says, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Cowabunga radical jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they should have just put a t-shirt on them that just says college. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's nice. Um, obviously, the best Billy Crystal performance is uh, The Princess Bride, because that movie is awesome. Not the voice of Calcifer in the uh, English dubbed version of Howl's Moving Castle. Well, I w when you said voices, I thought you were going to go for Mike from Old Monsters, Inc. Also very awesome. good. But I do... Mike Wazowski. But I do love um, The Princess Bride a lot. It's a great film. Yeah, um, that, is a, that is a great film. But my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die, etc. 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 Yeah. So, I, but I think they're 
the the relationship between the two of them most of the time feels quite genuine even though it goes through all of those different stages of like acquaintances who don't really like each other to sharing that kind of social group to becoming friends um i feel like they managed to pull off those different elements really well which given that the film is so given that the film does have those jarring time jumps um it's quite a quite an impressive feat i think that they managed to do that yeah it it, it is very impressive because often when a film is suddenly it's like five years later you're like oh well, come on i was just starting to get invested in that what what happened to them and what happened to them but it's like actually it works really well and it's almost kind of theatrical isn't it it feels like acts um and i it was adapted for the stage which is interesting because the whole time you're thinking yeah this could work on the stage and it's almost like there's a lot of very long scenes aren't there and usually I don't like long scenes. You know, there's a thing I talk about a lot. Like, most lot scenes are too long and too baggy, but it's actually they make sense because it feels theatrical. Yes, yeah, and and here and here it does work really well. And you've got that nice framing mechanism of the old couple saying, you know, where they met and everything like that, which is really good. Um, and and yeah, so in general, it's a it it works well. I think it's a well structured, well paced, clever film, and I like it. It is a good one. It is. It's very, very good. And it, you also have the bits where in between, it's always like old people talking about how in love they are and how they fell in love. And then obviously at the end, it's Harry and Sally, which is really, really fun. And it has that. And it has the, the structure of that that's familiar from some of Nora Ephron and Rob Reiner's other work, actually, where it's like the music as well is really good. And it's like big band music, which feels sort of weirdly anachronistic for a film that came out in, what was it, 89, 90? Yeah, 89, 89. yeah. And you're like, why have all these big band standards? But actually, it really, really works. And it does this is the same with Sleepless in Seattle as well. For some reason, it works. And I don't even really know why. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? There's, there's just something about it. Maybe it's this, it's harking back to a classical framework, which it's then playing with. So maybe it's, it, it's that weird blend of giving you that nostalgia alongside telling an interesting contemporary story. Um, and, 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 yeah. and I think it still feels contemporary, even though, you know, it's set you know at, at the, as at the time um i think there's a lot in here that still resonates quite well oh yeah absolutely i think the story itself is timeless you that's the thing you could remake this film now and yes there would be considerations to do with social media and all sorts of things but ultimately you could still do this with the way that people interact now if you got the characters and the dialogue right and that's a test of a great story as well, even though the story itself doesn't really matter because it's about how the people interact. And that's how you know it's really, really strong. And that, I think, is Nora Ephron's gift and Rob Reiner as well, because actually this one was Rob Reiner's idea um, of all stuff following his own divorce. And you, could, you that definitely comes through. Yes. Yeah, it does. It does. Rob Reiner, not to be confused with Rob Schneider. <laughs> no. <laughs> If Rob Schneider wrote a film, I'm sure it would not be as good as this. Has Has Rob Schneider written I films? Am, he must have. I'm just looking that up now. As soon as he said that, I was yeah. like, "Oh, get get on the IMDb." He's got to have written Juice Bigelow, Electric Gigolo Two, or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, <laughs> Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo. But aren't all gigolos male? Yes. Isn't a gigolo a male prostitute? Yes. Like like Prince in Under the Cherry Moon, <laughs> exactly. So he has just to just to bring that one up. He has twelve writer credits. So okay, so Saturday Saturday Night Live, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit ninety seven, um, the Bad Boys of Saturday Night Live, 
Saturday Night Live, The Best of Adam Sandler. Ah, okay. He wrote both Juice Bigelow Male Gigolo and Juice Bigelow European Gigolo. Oh, okay. That explains a lot. He also wrote The Animal. He also wrote The Hot Chick. He wrote a film called The Chosen One. And then two TV series, one called Rob and one called Real Rob. Both of- Have you seen The Hot Chick? No, is that the one where he is a woman? I I have not seen it, but yeah, I believe that is the case. We should um we should probably watch it. I mean, even though it's bad. <laughs> I mean, do we have to? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying I'm I'm running out of ideas. Oh wait, uh, yes, we do because I'm just reading about it here. Adam Sandler served as executive producer. <laughs> <laughs> um, the chosen one. A man finally finds faith in himself after the rest of the world puts its faith in him. The sole being on earth who can save mankind from its own destruction. That actually doesn't sound awful. I mean, it, it's gonna be awful. It's got a 4.5 out of 10 rating. Hang on, I just I just scrolled down on his Wikipedia page and there's a section called anti-vaccination activism. <laughs> this comes as a surprise to you. Oh, for fuck's sake. Just like now that I have a child, it just makes me even more angry. I'm just like, how could you not vaccinate your children? You fucking lunatic. <laughs> um, so then there's Rob. Rob centers on solitary guy Rob. Unsurprisingly, the main character of a show called Rob is called Rob, um, who marries into a huge Mexican American family. Okay, that was on air in 2012. Uh, and then there's Real Rob, which centers around comedian Rob Schneider's real life while living in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, All right. Which I guess is a kind of mockumentary style doohickey, which, yeah. So he, um, he's written... Which I, I'm sure they like follow him around the house as he practices all his offensive accents. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's like do a mexican one now rob it's like oh really do i have to yes it's for the cameras so so we've got a little bit of a mixture there you've got some some standout rob schneider classics like the one where he gets a load of animal uh transplants and thinks he's a dog um or the one where he thinks he's a woman or the one where he's the male gigolo all of which <laughs> all of which are classics all of which are greats of the genre of Rob Schneider movies. Yeah. The the RSCU. <laughs> the Schneiderverse. The Schneiderverse. <laughs> Into the Schneiderverse. <laughs> um Schneiderman into the Schneider. I mean, I would quite happily watch a Rob Schneider movie where it, he played every character and each one was a character from one of his previous films. But both male gigolo and European gigolo are different characters, so you've got double gigolo action going on. Oh no, double gigolo. Um, I would be all over that movie. That sounds like an absolute trash fire that I cannot wait to dive headfirst into. <laughs> Again, didn't we play with double gigolo once? At the... <laughs> In the back room of a pub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Rob Schneider, not as good as Rob Reiner. No, Who has done loads of good things. I forgot that um, he even did When Harry Met Sally. I forgot that he was even involved in it because you just think of Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan and you know that Nora Ephron's involved somehow. 
But Rob Reiner's involved in Stand By Me. He's involved in The Princess Bride. He directed Misery from the Stephen King book, which I think is Stephen King's best book. Um, and interestingly, in When Harry Met Sally, there's a bit where um, you see Billy Crystal reading Misery. Oh, okay. Uh, it was made before... Misery came out in 1990, so maybe Reiner already knew he, he was, was yeah, I guess he threw was that in as an Easter egg. That's cool. Yeah. And he was married to Penny Marshall, who directed A League of Their Own, which is possibly my favourite film of all time. That's about a fantasy football league. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's it's like um, it's just like um, a two-hour special of that really annoying, stupid game show that's always on TV, where <laughs> it's like sports. It's all like men. It's basically five James Cordons and a token woman all shouting at each other about football. Just, just it's, it's it's two hours of that. It's just literally clones of James Corden with different haircuts. Yeah, I actually. I really hate that that game show is called that when the, this film came out in 1992. <laughs> it's because it's a... And it proves that Google's algorithm doesn't fucking know you because if I Google A League of Their Own, I get that game show and not my favourite film when it knows that I love baseball and I love women and I think that it's the best film ever. What what I was really hoping was, I just searched A League of Their Own and I was really hoping that I would get the movie first. <laughs> Just to be like, you know what it is, Paddy? It's that Google hates you. I'd, I'd just, I'd hang up on you. <laughs> so, so the first one is, is um, the football show with all the lads going, lads, lads, lads. We like the sport, and then a league of their lads, own. Lads, lads, lads. Who, who scored a goal in the match in 1971? It was Rob. Yay! We scored a goal. Goal, goal, goal. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's my impression of a league of their own. And then probably some questions about horse racing and jockeys. I don't know. <laughs> um, but then a league of their own is the second one down. All right. Um, Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. I've seen it um, a very long time ago again. Oh, it's great. Um, we watched it for my other podcast where we talk about baseball films. Yes, I have Incidentally, listened. we have a running joke about... Um, there's a Rob Schneider baseball film called The Benchwarmers, and that's always like every time as I watch, we watch next, and I'm like, "Shall we do The Benchwarmers?" And they're like, "No, <sighs> mate, get 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 on that, get them to sort themselves out, get the get the Benchwarmers on." We haven't done a shit piece in quite a while, um, because I mean, you can't keep me away from a movie that stars Gina Davis. No, she is. Awesome. She is one of my faves, and so yeah, uh, yeah, it's a it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. As is When Harry Met Sally. So yeah, we were just talking about how Rob Reiner is very, very good. His involvement in the film, I think, made all the difference because it, when you have that level of personal involvement in in a film, it's clearly coming from a really great place, but it doesn't come across at any point as self-indulgent. No, it doesn't. It all feels very human. It all feels very earnest. Whereas sometimes these kind of films, they can sort of become a bit navel-gazing. Um, and kind of lose yeah. their lose their power, as it were. Um, whereas here, it, it works really well. It's a very, very... It walks that thin line very carefully and expertly, I'd say. And I think the way that it manages to avoid that 
is with the other characters. So they always come along at just the right points to punctuate the story. So you've got Carrie Fisher is his friend, um, is uh, her friend, sorry. And then his friend is the guy whose name I can't remember. And then they end up getting together on the double date where they're supposed to be getting with other people, um, which is very, very funny. And then it's all like, yeah, they're trying to buy gifts for them. And then they run into his ex-wife um, and it devastates him and they have a row. And it's like they use the the other characters to really good effect. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and those other characters are great as well. They all kind of serve a purpose in a way that that sort of forwards everything and makes our main characters feel stronger as well. Yeah. And there's also a wagon wheel coffee table, which is the worst piece of furniture I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and that's a very funny gag about kind of domesticity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Please tell him it looks bad. <laughs> Please tell him it's the worst table you've ever seen. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it really is. It's, it's quite awful. And there's a karaoke machine with tapes. Yeah. You gotta love those old school karaoke machines, don't you? It made me want to go out and get one. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're ace. But there, there is also a bit where there's a man skiing in Central Park. I'm like, you can't ski in Central Park. I mean, challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should crowdfund that uh, just, just for us to, this this winter for us to take a trip to New York just to see whether you can ski in Central Park. If we were you, if we were YouTubers, we'd be we'd have legions of teenage fans who would give us money to do that for us to just go go to New York and for you to put on a pair of skis and for me to be filming you and like like jostling you and stuff. Yes, exactly. Uh, we, we're po- we're podcasters. Be, We've chosen the wrong medium. Yeah, we need to put our faces out there and be all like, "Yo, what's up?" Yeah, hi guys. <laughs> that was a brilliant example. That's, that's all YouTubers. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You're here for Big Boys Don't Cry. Remember <laughs> to like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> I could do it all in my Billy Crystal voice, which is <laughs> not that voice. <laughs> I've forgot. I've forgotten how to do my Billy Crystal voice. Uh, do your Kermit voice. You did not have great sex with Sheldon. It's <laughs> the only line. <laughs> Although, okay, let's let's get real about when Harry met Sally for a second. I have to score it naught out of twenty, and you know the reason why. What's the reason why? What What do I absolutely detest that is in it? Twice. Not once, but twice. I don't know. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna make me say it. You're gonna humiliate um, me, and uh, you're gonna make me say it. <laughs> say it. Old Lang Syne. Oh yeah, of course, of course. I was thinking of other things you hated, and was like, "Is there any milk in this movie?" <laughs> I don't hate milk. But spoiled milk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, nobody likes spoiled milk. No. no, but like I, I can't drink a glass of milk on its own. Yes, that's exactly. Revol- that's revolting. Exactly. But I have, mil- I have like milk on cereal and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, there is there is a double old Lang Syne. Yeah, not good. So yeah, north out of twenty for me. No, no alternative song. Not out of twenty. Yeah. Yeah. What else have you? What else do you want to say about this movie? Um. I, I don't have much else to say about it, really. It's 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 a good and definitely well worth watching. If you've never seen it before, what are you doing? Um, first of all, um, but it's always worth a rewatch. That's the thing as well. It's I love it when we have a film like this that is worth rewatching, and not only worth rewatching, but you could rewatch it again anytime. I think, which is which is very very good and very rare. And this is the big boys don't cry staple. This is the kind of shit that we're in this for, right? 
Exactly. We're in it for the classics. Yeah, for sure. Which is why I'm sure you've you've lined up a really good one next. <laughs> well, I, I have, I hope. I hope. <laughs> so, um well, shall we rate shall we rate this and then we can find out what we're gonna watch next? Yes, exactly. So how how are we gonna rate this? Um let's see. Oh that's that's quite tough actually. How many how many split screen phone conversations will it take you to realise that you're in love with someone? Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Because they make very, very good use of the split screen images in this film. They which they feels do. like at once timeless and impossibly dated. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um so for me it's gonna get the old seventeen. This is yeah. this is a this is a classic of the genre. Maybe needed more fart jokes with um with references yep. to to the elements. But apart from that Yeah, yeah. Not not enough like periodic table humor. Yeah, yeah. There was not enough science humor in this movie, but apart from yeah. that, it is I, d- I don't think he mentioned atoms once. He did not say I play video games and I'm a nerd and then a laughter track didn't start playing. He didn't um he wasn't like under the hoodie that he was wearing when he was supposed to be a college student scrub, he wasn't wearing a t shirt that says Bazinga on it. No, exactly. So you've got to knock some marks off for that. Um but it's it's a great one, isn't it? It's a classic film. Yeah. Very, very good. Um I will give it a sixteen. You you are that angry about the lack of periodic table jokes. Yeah, that and uh, that the one extra point off. The old Lang sign. And oh, I was trying to compare <laughs> yeah. it to Sleepless in Seattle, and I haven't got the table in front of me, but I think I gave Sleepless in Seattle a seventeen, and that just edges it for me, uh, just, okay. as a po- yeah. just as a point of yeah. comparison. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a great one though. I really enjoyed rewatching this. It'd been a while, and it was it's a very comforting film to watch as well. It's got a real comfort factor. It is, yeah, comfort food, macaroni and cheese. Yes, precisely. Um, so, so a little bit of trivia for you. Oh yeah, yeah, hit me. Um, with the trivia, don't, so, don't hit me. I mean, hit me with the trivia. St- start throwing trivia at you. Um, so I'll have what she's having. That line was suggested by Billy Crystal, apparently. Good, good. I could, I could believe that. Um, it he's was. A fu- he's a funny guy. It was filmed at an actual New York deli. Uh, that scene where there's now a sign that reads, "Where Harry met Sally." Hope you have what she had. Yeah, I, I did know that. Yeah. That's really um, cool. In terms of casting thoughts, um, Tom Hanks turned down the role of Harry as he thought the film was too lightweight. That's interesting. Michael Keaton was also considered, which is interesting. Batman. Which, you know, a bit of Batman. But also um, Bill Murray, Jeff Bridges and Harrison Ford. Bill Murray? Wow, I think I could see that. I could see Bill Murray here. I th- I don't yeah. think it would necessarily work with any of the others. But yes. Harrison Ford's too kind of action hero y, isn't he? Well, I think he could have he could have done this because it was in the eighties where he was kind of at peak action hero star, the sort of early eighties to, to mid nineties. Um but I think he could pull this off. Um but it wouldn't be the first thing that kind of sprung to mind. Yeah. Molly Ringwald was um offered the role. I, I could go for that. Um but had to decline. I, I love Molly Ringworld. Who's yeah, oh. she's she's great. Um but yeah, so so that's a little bit of trivia for you. That's cool. But in terms of what we have next is I believe well, but at the time Molly Ringworld was being kept in a box by John Hughes. 
Yes. And she wasn't allowed to go out and see other filmmakers. No, she couldn't. She had to yeah. be in films that are occasionally racist and that are slightly awkward to watch in the we modern should, day. We should, we should talk about that soon. We, 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 we really should. should. Yeah. So, so in terms of what we've got next, it's got to be something baby-related, obviously. Oh, I see. Right. That, yes, that was the big the theme. theme. So I have two options here, and I'm really torn. A baby or a baby? There is almost exactly a 20-year gap between these two oh, movies coming that out. she wants is another baby. She's gone tomorrow, oh. but all that she wants is Did you know, baby. By the way, baby. that um, Ace of Base, Ace of Bass, they are um, European. I can't remember from where, and they thought that um, baby, in that sense, genuinely, they meant they intended it to mean lover and not not a baby, baby. But yes. everyone thinks that they just meant baby. Yeah, so I did know that. My brother is a massive Ace of Base fan. Did you? Know, oh, really? Did you know that one of them <laughs> is kind of an or was kind of a white supremacist oh no what <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, hold on I, I can't remember it's one of the guys that's very bad that's the worst thing i've heard all day and i earlier today was reading a list of mep candidates for the elections on 23rd of um on the 23rd of this month did you know one of the um ukip candidates in the southeast region is called pat mountain <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know why, but that really tickled me. That is incredible. Um, yeah, who's your favourite UKIP candidate? Is it the guy who taught his pug how to do a Nazi salute, or the horrible YouTuber? Aren't they the same person? <laughs> well, all all of the all of the all of the young gammon alliance kind of blend into one person, don't they? Really, the, yeah. the young gammon YouTube alliance. Okay, so here here we go. Ulf Ekberg. Swedish singer-songwriter, musician, businessman, and television and film producer, best known as a founding member of the pop group Ace of Base. Um, and then you've got life and career, and then immediately after that, neo-Nazi activities. So oh, he was grief. once a member of a band called Commit Suicide, which sang songs with explicit <laughs> racist lyrics. Oh my god! Um, he he regrets this part like his his part of his life as a big mistake. Um, they were a neo-Nazi band active in Gothenburg um, when he of was course. between the ages of 13 and 16. Oh, so this is pre-Ace of Base. This is pre-Ace of Base. It wasn't like he went on to become a white no, supremacist no, after Ace of Base. It was before. <laughs> um, okay. So some of his old songs were released in a compilation al- album, um, including songs like, and these are, these are translated, Don't Touch Our Land, White Power Blackhead Slaughter and a cover version of a song by Screwdriver, who are a notorious um, oh, yeah. neo-Nazi uh, like punk metal band. Um, so yeah, he he clearly heavily regrets his involvement in it when he was thirteen years old, no. um, which you know kind of makes sense. But it's very weird to think that the people behind that song and the general Ace of Base vibe, a band with a huge LGBT. Um, yeah, supports <laughs> having a neo-Nazi past. It's uh, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? <laughs> um, Good grief. A- anyway, apart from that, yeah, little, anyway, uh, that yeah. little factoid. Um, I, I I was torn between a silly movie and a silly movie that also has a touching moment uh, or a touching feeling to it, and I think I'm going to go for the more touching one. Okay. Um, so we're going to watch Knocked Up. Oh, okay. I saw that, I think, when it first came out, and I haven't seen it since, and that was a long time ago. 
Yes. Ah. Yeah. So, so, so we're going to watch Knocked Up. Do you want to know what you could have had? Always. What you could have won. Uh, and and I... <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was going to be Three Men and a Baby. Oh, um, classic. But I don't think there's actually any actual romance in that film. Or at least it's not the, the priority is no, three men no. failing to take care of a child. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, Tom Selleck is just pure romance. He's romance personified, <laughs> one, one could argue. Yes, yeah. Um, or, you could also have gone for Baby Boom. Could have done. Could have, have gone seen for, that. Um, what's the other one? with? What's the one with the talking babies? Uh, look who's talking. Could have oh, gone for geez. Who's talking. Yeah. Could have gone for the one uh, Baby's Day Out. Um, super Baby. What's the Super Genius Baby? What's that called? The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah, Young Sheldon. Uh, <laughs> is, is it just called Super Geniuses? The Notorious... Baby geniuses. Baby geniuses. Yeah, is that I, don't, I don't know. I've no idea. I've never heard of it. Baby geniuses. Baby geniuses. A nineteen ninety nine American comedy film. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, okay. Um, it was one of the last things that Bob Clark directed, who is the um fantastic filmmaker behind A Christmas Story. Um, oh, and, and, okay. and Black Christmas, which is one of the original slasher films and still one of the best horror movies ever made. But one of the last things he directed, uh, one of, some of the last things he directed were Baby Geniuses, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2. And the last thing he directed was a film called The Karate Dog. <laughs> the Karate Dog. That sounds like the kind of film I would direct. <laughs> uh, when LAPD computer expert Peter Fowler investigates the killing of an old man in Chinatown, he finds the only witness is his dog, oh, uh, Ch- Chocho. But Fowler soon discovers Chocho is the only dog in the world who can speak to humans. Not only that, Chocho is an expert in martial arts. When they join forces to track down the mastermind behind the death of Chocho's master, it leads these unusual partners into uncovering a dangerous conspiracy that puts both their lives in danger. <laughs> this, I think we should watch this. It stars John Voight. I mean... <laughs> this I gotta see. Uh, God. I mean, and I love the director. He's directed some amazing, amazing things. Um, but yeah, that's... That's some bad stuff, man. Also, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses too. I'm kind of sad that we can't watch all of these films at once. I mean, maybe we need to have like a... <laughs> we we should have a Bob Clark marathon, maybe. Where we, yep. where we watch his good films and then we watch his bad films. He was very, very prolific. Clark Timber. Clark Timber. Oh. I'm on board. I'm on board And then, you know, well, when we, when we get to January, we have to do what we planned for this January but didn't do. Yes, we do. We do. Um, that's a definite. Um, but we won't show what that is. No. Um, ham, you worry. <laughs> just eating lots of ham. Yep. So, <laughs> ASMR. Okay, well, that's... um Eating yeah. ham. Oh. <laughs> really loud <laughs> chewing. Yeah, just really loud chewing. <laughs> What's the opposite of ASMR? Because that's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> MRSA. Yeah. Men's rights super activists. <laughs> like that, yeah, like you said, that bloke, Sargon of Akkad. The grown man who goes around calling himself Sargon of Akkad. And what I love about it is that he's been hired to be a UKIP um, fella. 
and he's he's like notorious in YouTube circles for being an absolute bullshitter who doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, he's not like Jordan Peterson, where where some people think, oh, he's a great thinker. Like he's notorious for being a bullshit artist. Yeah. He's not a public intellectual, and I mean. I use that term loosely, obviously, but they do. Jordan Peterson could reasonably be described as a public intellectual. Yes, yeah, exactly. Whereas, whereas this fella just makes bad YouTube videos where he misses the point of everything completely, and then gets yeah. roasted by other people on YouTube. That's the only the only thing he does. Um, and now, and now he's standing for gov- uh, for for European Parliament, but he's also um, lost his YouTube channel monetization <laughs> um, because he said that he wouldn't rape a woman classy guy yeah he's a great he's a great fella is old carl whatever his name is carl carl, carl gone of a cad <laughs> um, what a time to be alive what i mean it's great isn't it? it it makes me glad that we're leaving europe because it means that if we do vote, vote these embarrassments into the european parliament they've only got to stick around for a few months and then they'll <laughs> yeah. be put out of their misery yeah good times the, yes <laughs> or the opposite <laughs> of such um anyway right shall we shall we end this yeah let's wrap this up i've, I've got to go see if my son needs changing i think he was asleep because you know, he said no concept of night and day but we'll see yes yes yeah cool all right well thank you very very much for listening really really appreciate it thanks for tuning in after our after our break we're now we're now back on track in your ears every week and we'll be back next week to talk about knocked up um, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod, um, on the email Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, please do get in touch. Let us know what you think of all of these films. Would you have what she's having? Yes. Would do, do you believe that men and women can be friends? <laughs> yeah. If you don't believe that, are you some kind of weird sex pest? We didn't even really discuss that element of it, did we? Because <laughs> it's so obvious that men and women can be friends. Um, yes, but... let's let's not give that too much time. No. I I have a lot of female friends. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but yes, That's, okay. That sounded a bit Alan Partridge, didn't it? <laughs> Accidental <laughs> Chris Morris is the far- Chris Morris is the farmer. How many cows have you got? A hundred cows. I've got 104 friends. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like that. Exactly. I just, I just partridged myself. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, please rate, comment, and subscribe. Do all that stuff. Help us climb the charts. Tell your friends. Tell your mates. Share. Share the wealth. Believe in life after love. Exactly. Do a share. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Bye-bye, right. everybody. <laughs> Bye. I was born in the wagon of a traveling show. Mama used to dance for the money they throw. Papa would do whatever he could. Hi, my name is Richie Sakai. I'm an anesthesiologist. And I'd like to dedicate this next song to my wife, Patty. I was born in the wagon of a traveling show. Mama used to dance for the money they throw. Papa would do 